There they go. It's one of my favorite parts of church when they say, in junior church may be dismissed, and all these kids get up. and It's just amazing. Sometimes there's 20, 30 of them. I remember one time, I mean, it was just like a, the exodus. They all just got up and... God bless those people down there taking care of them, I tell you. <laughs> Woo! My daughter uh, teaches, I think it's third graders, third or fourth graders. And she was talking about how she was getting ready for school and just getting ready to start. And she was like, oh, I'm so tired getting things ready. I'm like, honey, you, you, are, you don't even know what teacher tired is yet. You're about to find out. And sure enough, about three weeks in, she said, Dad, I'm so tired. All the time. Those little guys wear you out, don't they? Absolutely. Unbelievable. We were driving in this morning. I, uh, we had the radio on, and I heard this, uh, this lady was talking about, man, what would I do with a bunch of money? I don't know what I would do with it. And she goes, you're not going to believe this, but there was a guy who, uh, I don't know, if it, it wasn't on eBay. It was some auction house. They were, and you can imagine some of the things that people spend their money on at the auction house. I don't know if you're like me. I don't go to the auction very much, and when I do, i got to be careful because you always get the itch. To, the next thing you know, you're buying stuff. Like, why did I buy that? I, just because I didn't want that guy to win, you know, so you keep going. Anyways, this, somebody had the amount or had the, uh, enough money to buy uh, a, uh, the, this one uh, jar. It was a, like a mason jar. $72,500. Now, of course, it's what was inside the mason jar that was worth the money. $72,500 on a ball of Elvis's hair, about the size of a baseball. Elvis. $72,500. Oh, I forgot the announcement. Um, with the party, I'll also be cutting my hair for, and I'll be uh, auctioning it off to the uh, highest bidder. So, surely we can get a. That's more than I was expecting. I'm thinking fifty cents. Oh my, okay. No, it just amazes me. You know what people put their. Uh, Oh, their, their, their faith into, the, the, the things that they feel are so important. Now, I don't, I'm not saying it's a sin to spend uh, 72.5 on a ball of Elvis's hair, all right? Maybe they're going to, who am I to judge? They may take that and sell it again and give it to the poor. I, I don't know. They thought it was a good investment. I, 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 I don't know. I don't want to judge, but... I've never known anybody in my life who had that kind of money that could buy, a, you know, something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting to see just what people will, will spend their money on, put their time into. Uh, the things that they read, the things that they do, they see, I mean, it's just uh, very similar to spending 72.5 on Elvis's hair. Some of it's just astounding. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter, chapter 19. I want to look at uh, some priorities today. Um, Jesus is with his disciples, and they're, they're traveling around. And he is, has been teaching parables, 
and he has been warning people about different things to come and trying to get the disciples to understand who he is and what the ultimate goal and the mission is. And he tells a, an interesting story in chapter nine, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Uh, and someone came to him, came to Jesus, and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? Wow, what a great question. What a great question to ask Jesus. I mean, here's a guy who says, look, here's the Lord. I think he's the Lord. He might be the Lord. He's saying he's got the answer. So, you know, hey, Jesus, uh, what do I have to do to receive eternal life? And Jesus says, uh, in verse 17, and, and he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good. So Jesus is always teaching, you know, look. Your attention should be not on me, but on my heavenly Father. But then he goes on. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Okay, the guy says, uh, which ones? And Jesus says, well, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor like yourself. We all the Ten Commandments. Sounds like a good start. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept. What am I still lacking? Jesus said, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. So here's a guy who's interested in eternal life, understands that there's probably something I need to do to inherit that eternal life. So he asked Jesus, what, what, what do I got to do? And Jesus says, well, you know, do these things. And the guy's thinking, this is great. I, and I, I, haven't, I don't lie on people. I honor mom and dad. Uh, I haven't killed anybody lately. I'm faithful to my wife. I do all these things. That should be good enough for me to be saved. And Jesus says, there's one more thing. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. The man's just devastated by that. You mean it's not enough? that I keep the Ten Commandments? It's not enough that I'm a good person? It's not enough that I, that I go to church and I do my thing? And No, there's more that's required. And what Jesus is getting at is it's not these things that you do. These things that we're talking about here, the Ten Commandments, keep the commandments, I mean, these are things we do every day, earthly relationships with people. What Jesus is saying is you have to get your mind off of these daily things. And you need to look above. You need to lift your head a little bit higher. You need treasure in heaven. You need to do the things that require us to submit ourselves to God. Giving up all of your stuff. really in the name of God, 
to serve other people. That requires a deep humility before God. This is a man who was used to having everything he ever wanted. He had plenty of money. He bought everything he ever needed. You know, what do I got to do to have eternal life? I've, I've done all these things. And Jesus is like, there's one thing that you can't buy, that you can't act your way into. You have to look to the Father above. You need treasure in heaven. You need to look at things from a different perspective. Because the kingdom of God is not about earthly things. It's not about an earthly perspective. We need to look up. And Jesus is challenging him. It's not these things that you do so much. Is where's your heart? Where's your mind? Where's your soul? Where are these things? They need to be focused on God. And how do we do that? Through our actions. Sell everything you have. The things that you find so important now, they're nothing compared to my Father in heaven. Now, I'm not saying all of you should run out and sell everything. and I think that would be foolish to do that. But we should keep our eyes and our minds and our hearts focused on, on the Father, on God. What am I doing today? I do all these things for the church. I, I mow the grass. I, I do all this. Uh, I, you know, I... Jesus says there's one more thing that we have to do. Look for treasure in heaven. Turn to Colossians. Looking in the back here. Uh, Colossians is in the New Testament. And Kyle has been preaching a similar message lately, this idea of avoiding idols, of not getting hung up on earthly things to that steal our attention from God, that steal our, our, uh, our affections, that steal away our devotion. We put it all into earthly things. Um, in the book of Colossians, Let's see, where did I leave off here? Ah, oh, yes, chapter 3. Chapter 3. I don't have any notes. Neola said, you got your notes? I'm like, I don't have any notes this morning. I, that's how late it was. I think I, I sat down about 11.30 and looked at something. Anyways, Colossians chapter 3. Paul is writing in a letter... A similar message, the idea of, you know, let's take our eyes off of our everyday experience for a moment. All the everyday things that we do. Let, let's look ahead, let's look above. Raise our heads, look up. Chapter 3, verse 1, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, if you're a Christian, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. People who are not saved, their attention is on these earthly things. They worry about things like, Oh, how many of this do I got to do? How much of that do I got to do? I got to get this done, this done, this done, and, and, and that makes me good. 
Paul is saying, don't set your mind on those things. Don't worry about that stuff. If you are a Christian, you've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is with him. Your purpose, your soul, your, your, the whole being is about your relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ. It's not how much money you have, what your job title is, who you root for, who you do this, that, and everything. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God, hidden away in a way that nobody can take, nobody's going to find it, break in and steal it away. It's hidden there with Christ. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, in other words, that he was hidden, now he's revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. These are the things that we should be thinking of and focusing on and worrying about. There are so many things that happen in my life throughout the week. It's easy to get focused on that. I got this problem. I got these kids are a mess. I got this going on. Uh, uh, this is happening, it'd be easy to just, that's all I think about. I have to take my mind and focus on Christ. Set my mind on the things above. Well, what does that mean? What, do we sit around all day thinking about angels in the clouds or something? I mean, what do what, what we... Chapter 5, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead, to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. These are earthly things. Why do we focus on this? Flip on the news. I don't care what news station you like. CNN, Fox, whatever. I mean, it's all the same thing. One side bashing the other, turning on each other looking for mistakes to which we can blame each other for. It's their fault. We're tearing ourselves apart. None of that stuff is about seeking the kingdom of God. Because when we focus on those kinds of things, when we allow ourselves to get distracted by earth, by the things that happen, by politics, by sports, by this, by that, by any thing, any idol like Kyle has been preaching about. When we focus on that, verse 6, for it's because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked. What a message. It's because of these earthly things, greed, desire, blaming, war, politics. It's these types of things that the wrath of God will come upon this earth. Why do we focus so much upon the things that bring about God's wrath? We should be focusing in, on the things that God will bring. The Bible says we'll be revealed with Christ in glory. Our minds should be on the things of God. Verse 8, but now you also put them all aside. Put that stuff aside. I'm not saying we shouldn't deal with it. We shouldn't consider it. But we surely shouldn't make it the focus of our lives. Our lives are hidden with Christ. 
But now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Put that aside. It's because of those things that the wrath of God will come. And don't lie to one another, verse 9, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, freeman, Republican, Democrat, but, but Christ is all and in all. It's because of those things that the wrath of God will come. But as Christians, we are called to put our minds where Christ is, to put our minds on the things of God, to not focus on the things that bring about God's wrath. I was uh, in a, an email chat group with some of the other pastors of the, the Church of God, and somebody pointed out, you know, we spend too much time looking for the Antichrist. We spend too much time looking for the end of the world. What we should be looking for is Jesus looking for the Christ. Sure, that other stuff's going to happen, but our focus should be on not the wrath to come. Our minds are hidden with Christ in God. So as we go about our days and we do things and we get involved in the things of the world, put your minds instead on Christ. Yes, it's bad what happened over there in the Middle East. You know what? I'm trusting God, that the God of this universe, that things are moving according to the way that God knew that they were, that we can't do anything about it. Sure, we, we feel like we're players in this great play or, or something, but my mind is on God. My trust is in Him. I don't want to blame people for what happened. I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to... No, my mind and attention should be with Christ because the old John, he died a long time ago. That guy was the one who would get upset at dumb things and waste all his time on things that don't matter and his priorities were all different and all messed up. But thankfully, that guys he's dead. He's gone. Now, unfortunately, I have to carry around that old carcass until I get to eternity. But I don't have to allow it to make me do and to see and to say things when I was the old man. My life is hidden with Christ, and therefore it's been raised with Christ, and I'm going to seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I really feel strongly about this, that God is calling to his church. Get your eyes where they need to be. In football, Jimmy and I would coach all the time, you know, where are you looking? Where are your eyes? Well, I was looking in the backfield. Don't look in the backfield. Look there, that guard, he'll take you right to the play. Or that key will take you where you're supposed to be. Your eyes are not where they're supposed to be. Therefore, the whole play got blown up and you're 
You don't know what's going on. Much better to put your eyes where they should be. And our eyes should be on Christ. Things happen, bad things happen, people get sick, good people get sick. We celebrate 9, or not celebrate, geez, shouldn't even use that word. Uh, we remember 9-11. We remember what happened to those people on 9-11. Somebody once told me, you know, it's 9-11. You know, I don't know why we're still fascinated with that. It's 20 years later. Americans don't remember defeats. After Pearl Harbor, they got over it pretty quick, and we weren't having Pearl Harbor days and all these other things. Why? Well, this was different. It struck at the heart of the nation, the civilians, people like you and me. These weren't soldiers. That's maybe at the Pentagon, but the bulk of the people were just like you and me. And I think Americans are no different than any other people in the world. We try to make sense of it. We try to understand what's going on. But as long as we focus on the earth, as long as we focus on this and that and the, the temporary, we're never going to find satisfaction. Somebody asked me, where was God in 9-11? You believe in God? What about that falling man? There's a, there's a famous picture of this man who jumped from the tower. He's head first. He looks like he's doing a swan dive. I mean, I've been up in the uh, Willis Tower in Chicago. I think these people are even higher than that. And I cannot imagine stepping out of that window and just going. I like to think I know exactly where God was. God was right there with him, holding his hand with him. As that man jumped... And the next moment, eternity begins. God was there. If we look at it from an earthly perspective, what a waste. All of those lives lost for no good reason. These people could have lived on and on and had great lives and done great things. But just like that, their lives were taken. If all we focus on is that, on the earthly, on the temporal, on, on the here and the now. We'll never get beyond that. That leads to anger. It leads to hate. It leads to malice, wrath, slander, abusive speech, all of these things that the wrath of God will come. We don't want to be pulled into that. Our minds should be above how many of those people reconciled their life with God at that last moment? How many of those people prayed a prayer to the Father? Lord, I'm stepping into your hand. This is it for me. God, I trust in you. At that moment, their eyes are on their heavenly Father. I saw, uh, this is something I didn't know. I never read the transcript, but the Flight 93 that crashed in uh, Pennsylvania. I think Dustin and Rachel have been there. They've seen the, the crash site and all that, the memorial. One of the men who come out of that was a guy by the name of Todd Beamer. Many of you have heard of him. And he was on the phone talking to one of the, originally it was a, I think it was an air traffic thing, but then the F, an FBI person got on there and they were talking and 
And before he, they did what they were going to do, which was to try to rush the cockpit, take the place out, he spoke and had the operator recite the Lord's Prayer with him. And he was confident. He told her, we're done for. We're not going to survive this. But here in this last minute, I want to focus my mind not just on doing what we have to do, but on my mind on my God. And then they did what they did and the heroic actions and they understood what they were doing. And I think they understood that they were saving lives and that they were saving, you know, what happened in, from happening again in Washington. But at that moment, that man put his focus in his mind on his family, but more importantly on his God. Now, Todd Beamer's a man, he lived a life much different than we do. It didn't matter. At that moment, his eyes were on God. His mind was on God. Now, hopefully none of us will ever have to go through something as dramatic as that. But I do know that there will come times in our life where we'll be tempted to put our minds on earthly things, on normal things, instead of God. It's in those moments that we need to lift our eyes. Like Jesus said, look, there's one thing left. I know you're a good person. I know you've done good things. I know you're all this. You need to look up. You need treasure in heaven. Put your mind with God. One of my heroes lately, it's not a football coach. It's not an uh, athlete. It's not a movie star. Uh, one of my heroes is a little 101-year-old woman stands about that tall because she challenges me all the time. Now, I don't get to talk to her very often. Neola talks to her all the time. She'll, she's now in a nursing home um, for her safety more than anything, and she's still peppy. But she told Neola, you know what? I just don't understand. I just don't understand why I'm still here. And Neola's trying to encourage, well, you know, there's still things, you know. She goes, look, my husband died almost 50 years ago. My friends are all gone. You know, here I am. What left is there? She says, I want, and now she's a, uh, a Methodist, so she's not part of the Church of God, but her mind is she wants to go to heaven. She wants, in her mind, I'm, I'm ready for eternity. There's nothing left here for me. And you'll explain to her, well, you bring me joy and you help people here. And she sort of has now settled into a, you know, a life there at the nursing home. Her family still comes to visit, so she's not alone. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. But here's a lady who has taught me, you know, I always wondered, if I'm 100 years old, what, what would I think about? You know, I'm still, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, i got 30, 40 years left. i got all these things i got to do when I'm 100. She taught me, I'll tell you where your mind is. Your mind is on the Heavenly Father. Your mind is on the next part. Your mind isn't worried about all this stuff down here. Your mind is set on God. My priorities are set, as she would explain. I'm ready. I'm ready. And you know what? That makes me ready. Kyle's an interesting character. He's often, I've never seen a young man 
talk so much about wanting Jesus to return and, and begin the kingdom. Usually young people don't talk about eternity. He should be focused on that. He's always talking about, I can't wait for Jesus to come. I can't wait for the kingdom to come. We'll have a meeting in here. I can't wait for Jesus to come. I'll be talking to him on the phone. I can't wait for the kingdom to come. Set your mind on the things above. That's a beautiful thing. And that's my challenge to you this week as we go along, as we, as we live our lives. Let's turn off the TV, maybe not listen to it so much. Turn off the radio a little bit. And let's put our mind and our focus back on God, on the things of God. Let's be about that. Let's worry about that. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, that's you guys, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. We can choose to focus on the words of Christ, to focus on things such as humility, being gentle, being patient with each other, bearing with one another, helping other people, and above all, putting on love. Those are a choice that we can make. I think that's what Jesus was meant to the... Uh, you know, the rich young ruler. You can't buy your way into salvation. You can't act your way into salvation. But once you make that decision to accept Christ, your life is now hidden with him. So now our thoughts, our actions need to be with him. Well, that's the challenge this week. That's my challenge to myself. I got a lot of things coming up this week that I'd like to worry about. But you know what? I'm going to try to put my focus on the things of God. Those things will work themselves out. But at the end of the week, I want to be able to look back and say, you know what? My life was consumed not by that, but by my life in Christ. And that's my prayer and my hope for each of you. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the Bible, for these words and these stories that teach us. Lord, we live in a world that demands everything from us. It's where it's so hard for us to put our focus back on you, but we are called to be your children. We know that our lives are hidden away with you. Help our minds to be there as well. Father, we pray for Kyle, that uh, everything would work out with him there, that everything is good. Father, bless this church. Thank you for those who work so hard to keep this place going. And God, we do it as a as a labor of love and devotion to you. Father, bless everyone in the name of Christ. Amen.